right, let's just start off with the headline. On Vice News, the headline reads, Inside the Christian Nationalist Church, where Proud Boys go to get baptized. That might sound like kind of a strange sentence to you, but as the episode goes on, you'll understand what it is we're talking about, which is this kind of weird confluence of a certain type of far-right extremism and another type of specifically religious far-right, we could say, extremism, and how those two are coming together and shaping each other. And this is a, this is a change that's happened even just in the past two or three years. And the person guiding us through all this is Tess Owen, who was a reporter on extremism at Vice News. And I say was because another thing you should know about this episode is we recorded this the day after Tess got laid off from Vice. Uh, If you weren't aware, I was also laid off from Vice back in November. Um, And now essentially Vice or Vice News as we know it um, is essentially dead. It's gone. Essentially, everybody's out of there. Um, So the first part of this episode is a little bit of a postmortem. Uh, But you'll understand why as we move through the episode, because some of the elements that Tess was reporting on in her earlier days um, have and some of the things that I was reporting on, too, have come to kind of come together in, in a pretty strange way. But anyway, let's get into it. Hi, how are you? I'm I'm fantastic. Yeah. Everything's yeah. going great. Everything's normal. Actually, super, super. You know what? Hmm. I'm actually feeling great. Are you? Talk to me. Talk to me. Yeah. Let's let's get into it. What, what what are you what are you feeling? Well, I can't gossip too much because for obvious reasons, but hmm. um you know, I was just laid off from Vice uh yesterday and um it's been a long time coming and I feel like euphoric. Really euphoric. That is <laughs> yeah, that is a euphoric, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I spoke to my dad um yesterday evening and he asked if I was on drugs because I sounded like I was in, I was I was uh doing so well. I wasn't. I was just 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 I'm just just euphoric, yeah. Um I think I didn't really realise how stressed I've been about um the situation at the former company um so yeah yeah it, it's it's been a, you know I, I was sad over the weekend when we knew it was coming obviously but but yeah. now i'm just i'm just glad it's, it's over so we're at vice longer than i was is that right when did you start uh nearly nearly nine years i started as an intern in 2015 yeah you you were there before me by probably by a year i would guess maybe over yeah. a year yeah Whew. Yeah. yeah but i feel like i kind of grieved it already like, like everything that happened has happened the last six months i've sort of grieved this place um yeah. and obviously i was like completely shocked when we found out the news on thursday but i i've been expecting it for about six weeks so you know, the thing that's been hanging over me, I didn't realize how stressed it was making me. Um, mm. And now it's it's happened. Um, I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I mean, look, this is not how I intended to start this, but I'm happy to keep rolling with it because this is actually important. I think something about Vice that was nice, I'm going to say was nice, is nice, whatever. Um, and was 
terrible, depending on how you look at it, is people put a lot of themselves in there. A lot of themselves. It was it was not a job. I have had jobs before. Um, I had this wasn't a job, only a job. Right? It's or which is to say that if you wanted to, you could put so much more into it. Um, also, easily a collection of the smartest people I ever met. Easy. Yeah. You know. No, it's a great, great team. It was always about the people, like. From 2015 all the way through to 2024, like the people I've worked with and met along the way have been amazing, yeah. you know, including like yourself. Like people have just been like brilliant and smart and curious and weird and made really, really good shit um, and were treated like dirt by the by the people who, who ran the place. Oh, I, sh- I should be careful actually with what I say. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just... It, it, that that's what was so sad was just like the work was great the people were great um and that's what was so sad about it ending yeah you know there's a there's something that they say i've been thinking about this a while um this i think they say this about velvet underground um the, it's this group that like nobody listened to but is, is this the group that nobody, hardly anybody listened to when they were actually active, but everybody who listened to them started a band? Hmm, I like that. I feel like Vice is like that in a way where, look, this was already happening, where people would hire Vice employees, like hire them away from Vice um, to try to capture whatever the heck it was we were doing which frankly i don't think the formula is actually that difficult it's basically just like don't be whack um but i feel like there are a lot of people out there or a lot of places out there that are benefiting from people who've passed through the doors um and yeah now everybody got cut loose and so everybody got to go start their own band i guess i don't know and people loved to hate on Vice as well. Like a lot of people, like, didn't really want to see us succeed. Or, but I love. I mean, people are like eulogizing now. I'm like, oh, now you love us. <laughs> yeah. Now you're sorry to see us go. Wow. Um, but no, but it has been nice. People have been, you know, yeah, it's been nice. I have, I have a theory about that actually, um, about the, I about the like, people's emotional responses device this, this is just a theory my theory is that like for example i've never seen anybody react as emotionally to vice as to msnbc or cnn or fox or whatever um whether something good or bad happens it's just like kind of the visceral reaction that i see particularly from yo- younger people by younger i mean basic younger is in the news business means like people under 50 <laughs> like that qualifies right. <laughs> that qualifies right. as young <laughs> right let's remember this um but you know the you've and you've seen this i'm sure you've seen this is the oh my gosh i remember when vice used to be good but then they got woke we're gonna be talking about wokeness in a second yeah um i feel like there was a t- there was something that Vice obviously did unique es- uniquely, especially especially in its early days. But then Vice Vice like grew up. You know what I mean. I also think that the company 
in a way evolved sort of with the culture like the content yeah. and the jokes that were especially in the like like the um do's and don'ts you know the gavin mcginnis era mm -hmm. that that kind of like that hipster racism that was kind of just honestly built into a lot of mass culture um yeah it's just people realize that, that that's not really appropriate that's not okay and i think that that was you know it's just part of the way that the the tone evolved was also kind of the way that the culture evolved generally yeah no for real i think there were a lot of people who look culture evolved along with it right. vice evolved because vice was at one point pretty far in front of the culture it was it was yeah. leading a lot of it and then the culture evolved, the world evolved. They didn't. They're 40 years old. They're still thinking, they're still making the same jokes that they made in middle school. And then that's the people who are in the comments who are, oh man, I wish, I miss when Vice wasn't woke. I miss when Vice wasn't political. Fam, welcome to like 2009? Like, yeah. where were you? It's <laughs> Right. <laughs> Things have been changing for a while, but it's like, it, it's a it's this weird the people who would say that the people who would be in the comment section complaining about legitimately just the fact that hey we're talking about issues that affect women and issues that affect minorities like legitimately angry about the fact that it's being spoken about in a way that isn't some weird exploitative like trauma porn people would legitimately right. be mad about it and it's it's this weird combination of somebody who got their blanket taken away and mm -hmm. like the dude who's the dude whose girlfriend dumped him like 10 years ago and he's still watching on instagram like mad just bro it's a good metaphor yeah the blanket being taken away yeah no really it it really feels like but it's, it's like a bunch of like 40 some 45 46 mm -hmm. year old dudes who somebody took their blanket away and they're still mad their security blanket right. is gone Right. Like, I'm sorry, but, but I mean, you know, that's part of the audience too. But speaking of, uh, some of the audience, some of the past, uh, I feel like there's this weird full circle moment, um, in what we're going to be talking about today. So shall we, shall we jump over to it? <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I've got to say for that reason, I'm pretty proud. Like this is the story we're talking about today was the last story that was published on the vice news website which was which i'm personally pretty proud of because the story is about the proud boys and um you know the person who founded vice or one of the people who founded vice also founded the proud boys um so yeah there is a sort of nice um kind of full circle situation happening i guess you could call it yeah this might be the last piece that's published on vice.com like this might be it it is. No, 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 it is. They've, they, yeah, yeah, they, they, they've, they've announced that the site is closing. Yeah. What does closing even mean? Well, they've, I mean, they shut down our ability to publish on it. I mean, they closed down the software, the CMS. Um, mm. So whether or not it actually sticks around and it ends up getting wiped, we don't know. You know, the rumor obviously was that the, they were going to wipe the website entirely. And that was sort of what was reported. Um, we still don't know if that's going to happen. If you have stuff, if you're somebody who is listening or watching this and you have articles um, or work on the website, archive it um, just mm -hmm. in case. 
this is a this is this is a heck of an article to go to go out on though for you and for the site <laughs> thank you it's sort of um so i think last time i came on the twitch stream um with vice when we were when, when we still had the vice twitch we were talking mm -hmm. about a story about um about how la had become the epicenter for culture wars um and how th there have been this all of these instances of political violence and this like roving group of kind of culture warriors and proud boy types going from school board meeting to school board meeting and getting into brawls um anyway in the course of that reporting a local researcher had just casually alluded to like oh yeah the proud boy pastor and i was like sorry come again it's like oh yeah there's you know this guy he has a church and a bunch of the proud boys go to it um so I put that in my notes and it came up again um, recently following the convoy, the God's Army, the God's Army convoy to the border. And um, I got leaked a private telegram chat that this pastor was running mm. um, that had a bunch of, that had an active duty Navy SEAL in it and a bunch of Proud Boys in it. Um, so I sort of used that as a jumping off point into the world of Hansel Orzame. Yeah, man. So this is this is something so, again. Wild, wild headline here. Unwoke church. Un just can, can we pause to just I know we haven't even gotten to the article yet. Can we pause to I hesitate to say appreciate, but appreciate the strength of the brand. <laughs> For, no, let's let's be real here. Let's be real. This this is one thing that I think that a lot of these far right movements have been extremely good at is branding, which is to say mm -hmm. these phrases that don't really mean a lot, but despite not meaning a lot, they mean a whole lot. Like they, they dog whistles essentially. So yes. unwoke church, what is, what the heck? I mean, you got to go to even understand what woke is. I feel so bad for like an ESL student or somebody who's waking up out of a coma because woke, <laughs> like what? Hold on. What, what are this? There's like 10 steps to be able to understand this, but unwoke church, you know, and I'm thinking of things like CRT. I'm thinking of things like, we'll see later on down here, uh, groomer, like how far that has come in becoming something that was actually a description of something to just a I don't like you or I don't like that person this is somebody I disagree with and the branding is incredible so saying unwoke church signals so many things to so many different people but yeah mm -hmm. and I think it's also come to encapsulate the entire this is like the crux of the culture war right it's like us versus them they are mm -hmm. the woke we are the unwoke and like, like what does that even mean and like when you roll in um religion or like christian nationalism to it it, it just gains e even bigger dimensions like unwoke like unwoke is like godly you know unwoke is true american unwoke is 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 everything that's not you know woke is evil you know woke is right. satanic woke are forces trying to dis destroy america um, so it, it actually, there's, you're right. There's so much bound up just in that branding and that word, that term. Which is again, such an incredibly bizarre 
turn of phrase. I'm calling it a turn of phrase because the phrase has been turned on its head. Because if you look at what woke mean, I mean, woke was, you don't even have, frankly, yes, origins, black American speech, or at least in its current, in, in, the, in the way that we're talking about it here, you didn't have to be black. Frankly, all you had to do was listen to rap music. You could be a white kid in Sweden, you would fully understand what woke meant because you would have heard it all of the time. And essentially what it meant was, listen, the things that you were being taught at school, a lot of the things that you were seeing on television, actually, they're extremely surface level. And it's difficult to understand them unless you actually go out and, and learn a little bit on your own, whether that's reading books, talking to your grandparents, whatever. So stay awakened to the fact that you're probably missing a lot of things right it's uh, sim simple things right it's actually a very simple concept but the fact that somebody has turned that on their head and <laughs> and made it say and made it into like you want to go back to sleep like is sleep good right so you got to say unwoke it's incredibly bizarre uh but again branding extremely strong. I realize we haven't even made it past the yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's really important to unpack these words because too, when you think about it, like the thing that they are picking themselves against to, or this culture was picking itself against is a word that like, you know, was grounded in black culture and, and was like, you know, being aware of systematic injustice. And it's just mm -hmm. like, that's, that's what they're pitting themselves against is like that entire, it's, I think it's really important to talk about it. And I, yeah. I sometimes, I sometimes don't think about it enough because when I encounter those words, I, <sighs> so one thing we glossed over a little bit is <laughs> Southern California, which is right. wild to think about. Also all of these places, maybe this isn't as significant to you as it is to me. All of these places are right next to where I grew up. Oh, really? Oh, I'm from San Bernardino. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, yeah. So you're right in the you're right in the thick of it all. Yeah. And so your your name your name check in places like Pomona, California. Pomona's right down the way. Pomona, Chino, all these other mm. places. So this is this is an interesting thing here because okay, so what we're talking about again, the the headline inside the Christian Nationalist Church where proud boys go to be baptized. Um and then, yeah, Southern California pastor leads an unwoke church where he prepares his followers to wage spiritual warfare. So this is all happening in Southern California, specifically just, well, this part right here is east of L.A. There's also some things to talk about in San Diego, Orange County, uh, but California, not mid the Midwest, not the deep south, California. Yeah the one of the the liberal the bastions of liberal culture what the heck is happening so talk to me about this who's, who's this person um a 44 year old southern california and self-identified self-identified christian nationalist calls himself a christian nationalist who leads ecclesia the unwoke church and ecclesia is spelled with two k's two k's <laughs> yeah not a c no c's yeah k's What's happening here? Um, okay, well, so first of all, the thing that, I mean, one of the surprising things, maybe also not surprising, I mean, you tell me, honestly, from growing up there, but is that this area of 
of California, um, these kind of more red counties, this has been, this has kind of turned into like a real hotbed of culture war stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, while we used to see these scenes kind of maybe play out more like in Portland and Seattle, which also are like liberal enclaves with, you know, surrounded by red counties, that like dynamic that's kind of just it's really been very intense around california in the last couple mm. of years and the worst some of the worst political violence is like full-on brawls um you know extremists showing up in tactical gear no guns but with knives um and just getting into fights outside school board meetings um at like anti-vax rallies outside spas that have you know policies accommodating trans um clients guests um so yeah, it's been a real hotbed of that. And and Pastor Hansel, he's been, I mean, he's been on the scene for a while, to be clear. He's he um he has been at least linked with the Proud Boys in the far right way back, at least in 2017. Um and even back then he was going to protest with you know vests saying pastor on it. So he was he had this role already, but I think this role that he's playing now is particularly important kind of given where we are. We can go into more of it, but like in terms of Christian nationalism and where the far right is headed generally. Yeah. So let, let's, let's read on, let's find out about this place that you're talking about. So I'm just going to read this. Um, so this is a service and we're, we're talking about a live stream here, right? So this is something that some people could watch, right? The service that's in person, but also live stream. Yeah, okay. yeah, maybe on Facebook. Yeah, so people watching on Facebook, of course, Facebook. Um, so the praying patriot who was baptized on this recent Sunday in February was named Andrew. Sitting in the bathtub in his clothes, he spoke into a microphone. His voice crackling with emotion. Andrew, who has proud boy insignia in his personal Telegram file, explained that he'd recently found God and learned that true masculinity is in Christ. Read the second part here, last part. (laughs) I highlighted it. Christ had the biggest cojones, cojones, said Andrew. Being men of Christ is being real men. So let's be real men. There's a number of observations I would like to make here, Tess, if you will. Um, First, I don't want to leave out the fact that my boy was in the bathtub Man's in the bathtub in his clothes. Hey, listen, that that's how you do your baptism. Go with God, actually. Um, that's great. Um, Christ had the biggest... That's a wild thing to say. <laughs> yeah, enough people don't talk about Christ's bulls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can take... You can take the reporter out of vice. You cannot take the vice out of the reporter, ladies, gentlemen, and friends beyond the binary. Uh, clearly. Clearly. I mean, not enough people talk about it. <laughs> but, yo. what? Okay. You as a reporter could have included any number of quotes in here. But I, I'm I'm gathering. I feel like you're pick you're putting something down. I'm trying to pick it up. You're highlighting this phrase for a reason. Why do you think it is exemplary 
or exemplifies the kind of rhetoric or the kind of mindset that somebody would talk about. Again, in a holy ceremony, my man is sitting in the bathtub. I want you all to picture this. My man is sitting in the bathtub, speaking to the microphone, the dude's holding for him, and he speaks about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's testicles. Why would somebody do this? Why is that important? Well, so, of course, we've got to talk about the, the, the Proud Boys and what we know about the Proud Boys, which mm -hmm. is a group known for, they call themselves Western chauvinists. They're known for being toxic masculinity, being horribly misogynist. They famously have a rule, um, no wanks, um, which when they are, you know, to go through a certain initiation, they have to, you know, abstain from masturbating um, from a certain distance um, of women. Um, you know, it's just a real, it's a real thing. It's like their virility is really important. Um, they were sort they're like formed in you know, opposition to, or like, sorry, around this, uh, this idea that like men are, are too sensitive these days, that they're coming mm -hmm. like overly feminized, that women are taking over that, you know, this, it's, this is the, they are like the, the reactionary kind of embodiment to that. So this is why it's important to talk about Jesus Christ testicles when you're getting baptized. Right. This is all about, again, an idea that something has been taken away from men and yeah. that men and not something has been taken away from men that men are entitled to and thus we need to take that back i'm gonna speak as a dude here um that, that we yeah. need to take that back there's something that's been taken away from us unjustly and if we only take that back things will be good like they were in the past which past i don't know but this is the idea, the way to move, that is the way to move forward. So, okay. Um, and of course you have the big cool pull quote. Amazing. Um, so this is a, this harnessed a rising tide. I'm reading from your article again here. It's harnessed a right. This church is harnessed the rising tide of Christian nationalism, which claims that America is a fundamentally Christian nation and the Patriots are in a spiritual war against nefarious and even satanic forces who want to subvert the country's cultural and political institutions. And then the pastor tells his followers, Christian nationalists just want to go back to the way it was, Christian values and Christian ethics. This is now in a different language, in a different way, dovetailing a little bit with the make america great again idea right yeah. the idea that there is something that not only has been lost but something has been taken away um which seems a little it, it seems like it would be less attractive to some more attractive to others but but yeah talk talk to me about this <laughs> yeah well, i mean christian nationalism has was has surged with trump Right. And where it's gone from, like, not only has something been taken away or something been lost, but in order to it's, it's, it's gone even further to be like, you know, in order to restore God's kingdom, we need to we need to bring it back or to, to, to ensure that the return of Christ, we need to bring it back. So so in, so in this kind of framework, you know, anything that's deemed um, not like the way it was or woke, quote, woke mm -hmm. um, or like liberal. No, if that's like um, um, LGBTQ rights or 
teaching um, about slavery in schools or um, I'm trying to think of other examples. There's so many other examples. Um, right. You know, having, having books that include gay parents um, in school libraries, like all of this is like, uh, is an anathema to what they're trying to do. Yeah. But let's jump down to the next thing. <laughs> um, again, catchphrases <laughs> abound. Um, but in a recent prayer broadcast on the streaming platform Rumble, which is something that some people may not be familiar with. You can talk about that in a second. But he said, we cannot... So this is fundraising, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, he's fundraising, but also you know preaching, saying, we cannot beat these globalists or this global homo machine alone. Globalists is one thing. Global homo machine Globo homo is a incredible phrase. And by the way, when I say incredible, obviously I, I'm this is not a phrase that I'm endorsing. Um, anybody say ever? Um, global homo globalists. Both of these phrases, I feel like I've heard them before. Uh, maybe from somebody more prominent. Where, where is where is it? Where are these things coming from? Well, globalists, I mean, globalists is often used as an anti-Semitic dog whistle mm -hmm. um, and it's become very sort of, it's been laundered into the mainstream massively. And so not everyone who says globalist necessarily means Jewish, you know, a cabal of, of, of Jewish people, mm -hmm. but that is often used that way. Now it's kind of been broadened to suggest um, a kind of, it's Marxist, it's, an, it's still a nefarious cabal, to be clear, It's but it's a kind of a, it's, it's, not always specifically Jewish, but it's de that right. definitely it carries that implication at the same time. Um, yeah, global homo now. So that's 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 now like the purpose of. So it's like this Marxist, these Marxist globalists who are trying to destroy America from within by um, by making kids read gay books. You know, this is this this is what the global homo machine is. This is, I feel like I've mostly said this or seen this. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm picturing Alex Jones. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I that's... don't know if he's the person who popularized this. I mean, you, you tell me you're sadly, thank you for being deeper in this world than I am because <laughs> I don't want to be there. You're, you're in there bringing it back to us, but is, am I right? Did Alex Jones help popularize this mainstream? It, I yeah. Suppose? Yeah. The crazy thing actually is that I'm, 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 I've unfortunately been so sort of deep into this world that I'm like, yeah, global homo machine. I don't really, <laughs> like it's, I, I don't, I don't really, I'm like, oh, who else has been saying that? Cause I, I, I see it everywhere these days, right. but you're right. You're, you're right that it is a very Alex Jonesian phrase. Um, yes. Yeah, so someone's saying yeah, the the books are making the frogs gay. That's, yes. that's sort of, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I'm, I'm also sad. Thank you everyone in chat for, sticking along with this i'm also deeply sad that there are people who were able to crack who were able to like recognize oh yes alex jones yes making the frogs gay like for you all who are watching this and listening to this i wish you didn't know these things because i feel like you like me <laughs> better um but you're you're here with us and so now you do you, we have to know these things now you have to know them too that is uh, i suppose the entire <laughs> uh proposition of news i suppose i know this now you're going to know it as well. Um, stay woke. So 
Yeah. Um, okay. So here, here's here's where here's where all of this gets interesting because, or it, no, it, interesting, but also I think something that we should really be paying attention to is that thus far, you're describing this article is describing some, you know, some strange things, truly some hateful things, as we'll see. Um, that are associated with, let's just say a fringe, let's call it a fringe for now. Let's call it fringe, fringe, um, ultra right Christian nationalists. Okay. We can broadly categorize that under religious thought, right? Let's, let's be as, as diplomatic as we can and call it thought, right? Then, Proud Boys, which those two things have not been entirely incompatible, but I think most people think of Proud Boys as somebody who shows up to some to fight, like shows up to a protest. Oh, I saw that there was going to be, this is going to be like a pride parade. Let's go, let's go fuck it up. Let's go throw a break for no other reason that you can, you can get some attention. Um, that is fundamentally different from what most of us think of what a church would do. Like, they don't really seem like they would be interested in each other. But as you and others, but as you're laying out here, you're showing that, again, um, I'll, I'll read from here, the armed conflict location and a dent, excuse me, the armed conflict location an event data project which tracks extremism and unrest worldwide has found that since the January 6th Capitol riot, Proud Boys have been more likely to appear in public alongside Christian nationalist and conservative groups compared to years prior to 2021 when they often align themselves with militias. Tell, tell me about this. this. This is interesting. This is an interesting development. So I think one of the biggest um, the biggest development with the Proud Boys since January 6th is that mm. they pivoted away from these big national rallies and they've gone, they've they've dug themselves into their communities and local and like local culture war issues. So they've aligned with local parents' rights groups around you know showing up to their school board meetings. Um, they're 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 digging themselves in. They're ingratiating themselves, and they're building mm. these kind of these these inroads into the fringes of politics by doing this. And at the same time, with the Christian nationalist element, um, it kind of provides them with spiritual cover. So it's not just like oh, you're showing up to a, you're not just showing up to a protest and you're going to beat up a bunch of leftists because you don't like them. It's like you're showing up to a protest to beat up a bunch of leftists because those leftists are 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 agents of evil. That they are they are promoting Satanism, and mm. if we go beat them up, we're doing we're doing God's work. We are we're 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 warriors, you know. And so I think right. that's the really that's the dangerous development when this um, when the kind of culture war activities you know or violence gets put into like a religious framework so not only is it getting more mainstreamed but they're getting this this spiritual cover um and justification that's that's what i was about to ask you because i think it's important to clarify what we mean here by dangerous so let me know if, if i'm 
accurately understanding what you're saying here. It's not necessarily dangerous just because there's violence, right? That somebody is showing up to fight. Because this is something, and again, this is something that I have seen. You have seen. A lot of people who have reported on anything, frankly, we could say pre, just pre-Trump election, but certainly post it, that people would feel like they can show up to just an event, like an event in the park and harass people and like physically harass them. Um, This was something that existed. But as we'll see later, that's not always palatable to everybody. But what you're saying, if I'm understanding what you're saying right here is that the part that makes this dangerous is not just the physical violence. It is that there is they're gaining a legitimacy, whereas they might not have had it before, whereas some people may see this. And before when they might have said, yo, that's a bunch of jerks. Why are they doing that? Like, I don't, uh, you know, people are wearing rainbow stuff and I don't really like that, but you shouldn't hit them. But, oh, you're hitting them for God? Okay, different story. I see. Maybe we're on board now. Is, Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, and I think that also, like, kind of that. I don't, I don't have the polling to hand. I didn't have the story, but there have been some really alarming polling showing the number of people on the right mm. um, who feel like violence is justified to get the country back on track. And so I think that's kind of part of the same conversation. Like the rising Christian nationalism, the mainstreaming of these guys is like, you know, is like, you know, we're, you know, to to get things back to how we want them to make America great again. Maybe we're going to have to to, to you know, turn to violence. Yeah. Let's not be naive um, and recognize that violence has been certainly used in the name of religion before. So this is not an entirely new playbook, um, but it is being used in a, in a, in an interesting way here, I suppose, in a way, a way that this it's evolved over the past few years, really two, three years. Right. But I think, I mean, because we've seen this before, you know, we uh, because we know that like religion plus like rabid nationalism mm-hmm. is not necessarily a really good combination historically around the world. It's just not. No, so, we've, we've, got, we've got we've got a lot of <laughs> a lot of examples that show that it's really bad, actually. Really bad. And specifically because it's because people feel like they are doing God's bidding. They feel like they, you know, when they're when their political beliefs, like their extreme political beliefs intermingle with with um, their good spiritual beliefs, um, that's a really dangerous combination. Yeah. So let's uh, let's come back to the article here. Um, I mean, you t- you tell me if you if there's some places you you want to stop also, here but also shout out to the researchers just what mm. i was gonna say a quick shout out to the researchers who i'm not going to name but just uh, there are a lot of people in these communities who you know go out of their way who put themselves at risk um to to monitor and you know leak stuff like this to reporters so you know shout out to these to them yeah that is actually extremely worth saying um you've certainly had more contact with this than me um, but I've spoken to, I'm, I'm, a, I'm trying to think of how to say this without directly referencing anybody. Um, and part of the reason I'm struggling because this, this is difficult, 
right? Because so I'll just say that I have spoken to some people who have been involved in just the sort of research that you're talking about, um, leaking, reporting on things. And the reason I'm being very careful about this right now is because I can't say their name. I cannot say their names. I do not want to really give any sort of identifying information because they are doing it at great personal risk to themselves. Um, because, you know, I'm out here talking about it publicly and I'm pretty removed from it. When you're in contact mm-hmm. with these people, it is, we're going, I'll just say this, we're going to see what people are willing to say and do publicly that is very different from what people are, people go further when they know there's no public audience. Right. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good point is that a lot of this really, thank you for mentioning that, that a lot of this does truly stand on the shoulders of people who are doing work for which they cannot be thanked publicly. So, yeah. Right. If anybody's seeing this or hearing it, thank you for real. Because we need to know this, but I ain't getting into these things. <laughs> it ain't go work. Um, but yeah, so let's see. Uh, as I mentioned, yeah, so Osama uses, so this pastor uses the Telegram channel to broadcast his upcoming appearances. Appearance is a wild phrase, but it makes sense. Um, he said he'd be at a school board meeting to protest LGBTQ inclusive policies, and these appearances often devolve into violent brawls. Before he went to a high school in Chino, Chino is not far from me, man, um, wrote, this is grooming behavior. And yeah, again, please pray. For, and then he wrote, please pray for me and the men that are to be my security. I don't know if anybody has ever been to a school board meeting before. Let me just say this. You have to be doing some incredibly boisterous and uncouth behavior to need security at a school board meeting. This is not a collection of MMA fighters at your school, at your local school board meeting. These are some quiet, docile. The worst thing that happened to you is somebody might spill coffee on themselves. That's it. You know what I mean? Maybe some Dr. Pepper if things get real hot. This is you don't need you don't need security, my brother. You don't need security unless again you're going in with the intent of you say violent brawl. Again, wild. But going to school board meetings, school board meetings, and I'm assuming that I'm assuming you tell me you've done the reporting here. I'm assuming the gentleman does not have a child in this school board, in, in this school district. I don't believe so. But this is a, this is a common thing: is people going to school board meetings that they don't actually live in. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Right, and there's a, then there's the same the same group of mostly guys going from well, there are quite a lot of women as well going mm-hmm. from school board to school board. Lean in uh, in this in the area, and just just and um and, and this is what they do: they get into fights, they they show up and yell at people, they terrorize people who actually do have kids going to their schools. Mm. Um, yeah so here we go um, he also posts links 
to yeah he also posts, I, I, I love the things that you've highlighted yeah this. yeah he, he also posts links <laughs> to his sermons on rumble and d live the latter platform allows him to so i'm reading again from your article he also posts links to his sermons on rumble and d live the latter platform allows him to collect donations in the forms of tokens tokens purchase or bitcoin that is interesting donations um Ahead of one sermon in December, he advised the other members of the chat to avoid avoid using Proud Boy slogans. He told people to avoid using Proud Boy slogans such as P-O-Y-B, Proud of Your Boy, and Uhuru, which is a Swahili word meaning freedom that Proud Boys have co-opted as their rallying cry. Once again, incredible that Proud Boys have co-opted a Swahili word, just again the branding, phenomenal. By the way, if that word sounds at all familiar to you, and you're not a proud boy, and you're not deeply in the darkest recesses of the internet, like Tess, no offense, and myself to a lesser <laughs> degree, um, and you don't speak Swahili, there might be a reason for that. Uh, first, uh, the first Star Trek series. This is a character who was on there. Her name came from. So th- this is a black woman who was on there on on huh. the first Star Trek series. Her name came from the Swahili word Uhuru, meaning freedom. Right. So. <laughs> wow. Again, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not at all saying that this is where the Proud Boys found that. Wouldn't be shocked. If there was some just huge oh, trek, like internet nerd Trekkie who was really into Star Trek and then pulled it from there, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that some Americans may find this familiar for a very bizarre reason. Yeah. Wow. Nicholas that is, that, yeah, that is, yeah. She wrote a book in 19, and this same person wrote a book in 1994 called Beyond Uhura. So, yeah. That's fascinating. Absolutely anyway, fascinating. Yeah. Like the bla- yeah, the band Black Uhuru. So this is it's a also very possible potential source for this I don't Possibles know. Possible end up like as a plan for racial type. So so you're saying that it's potentially a reaction or a mocking um racial diversity in Star Trek? Oh, oh, I'm not necessarily saying that. Um, so, which is to say that okay, why are Proud Boys using the phrase mm. Uhuru? Um, and so again, this this is backing up in the original Star Trek. Um, and I, I I gotta I gotta admit here, I'm not a huge Trekkie. Uh, I'm not a huge science fiction nerd or anything like that. But one of the interesting things about the original Star Trek, which again originated in the 60s it was in the 60s was it it was an incredibly diverse cast they had an asian dude on there they had a black woman on there but not a black woman who was like out back sweeping she like let's let's look at just a slight description of what her position was as a character, she is a polyglot translator, communications officer who specializes in linguistics, cryptography, philology. Do y'all even know what that means? Philology? I had a mouse over to double check. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, which is to say that the the view of the sort of utopian view of the future 
that Star Trek had was that we were we are going to get beyond all of and this is maybe a little bit naive but we're all going to get beyond the race stuff we're going to get beyond the politics stuff we're going to get beyond this cold war stuff that we're going through man in the future we're all going to have that solved and we're just gonna be out there exploring and vibing and like meeting with alien people who haven't quite figured that stuff out yet and we're gonna you know we're gonna impart our knowledge and maybe we're gonna learn something in the process whatever also kirk is gonna be just macking on every single woman out there which is we're just gonna leave the whole weird <laughs> like we're gonna leave that aside it wasn't perfect but that's to say it was a pretty groundbreaking show for a lot of people in that it showed a black woman in a position of power and nobody really batted an eye and as ben is mentioning in the chat kirk kissed uhura which was maybe one of the first it was certainly the most well-remembered interracial kisses on television and they just did it and it wasn't even like a peck on the cheek my man went for it and a lot of people were extremely upset and so this is again this is all to say that um this is where some people may remember this word again slightly different word because it's uhura right instead of uhuru but that's that's where the word came from and uh yeah oh beatmaster saying this yeah um uh, yeah <laughs> king not confirmed but this beatmaster saying king martin luther king asked nichols to stay in the show because of representation she wanted to leave early on really is that true man i'll believe huh. it look i'll believe it um this is this is all to say that the word is it's got some meaning behind it right band black uhuru right um she was reading a book so behind, yeah she was reading a book called uhuru which she had with her the day that she read for the part of the character right uh and, and nichelle nichols is the name of the actual actress right so anyway that's all to say that I'm not necessarily. I saying love that. a lay. I love a layered meaning. I love yeah. a layered meaning. That's not to say that, that that it's necessarily a reference to Star Trek as such, but mm. I certainly think it's probably fair to assume that there is some level of irony intended mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. let's use a Swahili word for freedom, right? Also, again, giving a little bit of cover to hey, look, we're not a bunch of racists. We're using a black word. To describe all we want is freedom. Right. What's the matter with that? Cover. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's uh let's come back to it. Yeah, because then they can't call it racist. Yeah. But anyway. Um Yes, that is the grooming thing. Let's 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 even step away from the article a little bit and talk about this um the phrase grooming i have seen more recently than ever what it i hesitate to frame the conversation like this but it feels it feels intentional like it, it, it feels intentional. What, 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 what are you seeing there? When did you first start seeing this word used so much? Um, when was it? It was last year. It wasn't. It was 
2022. It was like, I want to say February, March 2022. The CRT stuff had fallen apart. Like, like that, like this, this CRT stuff had, was not, it was too complicated. Like the whole critical race theory, like the vaccines had gone away. Election was over. The um, CRT was just like not really resonating with people, I think, mm -hmm. in the way that the GOP and the fringes like hoped, you know, it's complicated. Um, it still kind of sounds like you're saying racist stuff when you're talking about it. People don't mm. want to be seen as saying explicitly racist, you know, saying racist stuff, even if they're saying it. But grooming, grooming was like, okay, this is the thing that's going to get people because it's, it, first of all, it's sort of, it just goes into like this, like this empty slogan of like, we've we got we to gotta protect the kids. We just, right. just got to protect the kids full stop, you know, who we're going to protect them from. And then there's a litany of things you got to protect them from, whether it's like, okay, um, first it's Disney. Okay, Disney, oh my God, there's a, there's a same-sex kiss in the new Buzz Lightyear movie. Um, that's, is that grooming? Yeah, it's grooming. It's grooming uh, because it's teaching kids. It's because by teaching kids about um, about that, that, that gay people exist, you're teaching kids about sex. That's what they mm. argue. Um, and then it's just like just a little bit further, but that's their kind of bottom line that basically exposing kids to anything that that involves gay people or talks about being gay or talks about being trans, mm. that that's just that that means sex. Um, and so that, that that's kind of been this this narrative that has gripped the far right and the fringes for the last, you know, two years, two years. Yeah. Right. Which is to say that that, that it means sex is that, that it means sexual abuse of children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that you're grooming kids, that you're trying to, yeah, 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 you're grooming kids into having a sexual orientation or making them think about sex and you're forcing them to maybe think about being gay. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's the idea. In And then grooming and also in the sense that you can then essentially sexually assault children, not, not only mentally make them, you know, turn them gay or whatever, turn them queer, turn them trans, is that oh, you're a pedophile. You actually want to have sex with children. Um, which it's Yeah, it's partly that. Sometimes it's that, but it's also this idea. It's it's that, but it's also idea of like a mass indoctrination to like ruin mm. the children, to like ruin the, the, the future generations, you know? So it's both. It's, it's, it's used both ways where it's like, mm. oh, there's something like, um, like this teacher who has a pride badge um, that they wear to school is going to assault children and as well as like oh we're brainwashing an entire generation and this is how the globo homos um are trying to win by destroying destroying america essentially right yeah so let's uh let's, <laughs> let's come back to this no it's it's a lot it's a lot let's let's come let's come back to this so okay So you actually tried to interview him. Uh, I I did, and um, I did I did really try to get in touch with him. I spoke to his brother even, um, and tried to get, be like, "Hey, um, you know, can you give give me a call?" He wasn't interested in talking to me. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing I desperately tried to independently verify was his involvement in the adult film industry. Um, <laughs> sorry, he, sorry, yeah, sorry. I know this is in the article, but. <laughs> That's that's a interesting sentence. Once again, shout out to Vice. Uh, what? 
The pastor. Yeah. So he. So yeah. Please. The pastor. So the pastor claims that he was a porn producer at some point. He was a talking. He he briefly appeared in a documentary series that was made by a fundamentalist Christian group um, about like the the perils of porn, and he was in it briefly and identified as a as a porn producer, former porn porn producer. So I. When I say I tried, I, 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 I desperately tried to verify this. I mean, my, I tried. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, okay, look, all right, look, walk, walk us, come my, on. My, I, walk, walk us through I this, est- what'd you do? <laughs> okay, I, well, I estimated, cause I, and I found other stuff about him, I've estimated that probably his time in the industry was probably 2000, 2005. That that's kind of where I bookmarked it. So, okay. I found out there is an basically an IMDb for porn, uh, which is not something I was aware of. Um, couldn't okay. find him on there. I've searched every single variation of his name I could possibly find. I did find a MySpace. I found his MySpace because I was like, okay, where would he be have been hanging out in that time? Yeah. MySpace. So I did find his MySpace. So I was going through his friends. I'm like, let's see if anyone here is like looks like. I did find some people who looked like maybe they were in, um, who who who, who were in porn, but not but but they were reformed like they had found god so i was like oh maybe there's a maybe there's a community of them i tried to get into that um i also noticed a real overlap with like the mma community so i was like okay is there like an mma porn crossover i know i spoke to somebody no 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 stop this you have to stop jumping ahead because you keep saying (laughs) things that we need to talk about (laughs) okay what? Hold on. Wait, th- is there a porn to MMA pipeline? Is that what you're saying? Well, that's why I started wondering. So I started then looking into, and, and I also spoke to a guy, I, I just I spoke to another reporter who had briefly worked in the adult film industry himself and has is since covered it, co- covered the industry. So I spoke to okay. him. Um, you know, he worked in the industry. I was trying to figure out, you know, is it like, is, is it like media? You know, it's like, if, like, if you're in working in media for a certain years, like everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Well, I asked him, I was like, can you, you know, he asked around people, you know, he sent his picture out. I was like, I was specifically asking about the MMA, two things, like the MM, possible MMA porn crossover and the, like the porn to Jesus crossover. Like, you know, what, does it ring any bells? Sorry. I'm sorry. Porn to Jesus, I understand. There, there's like somehow there's a logical thing is like you're doing something that people look down upon, and then and then and then Jesus. Okay, you haven't asked my question. Forgive me. You haven't asked my question yet of like people doing porn and then deciding they want to get in a cage and hit people. Is this what you're saying? See, to me, I didn't even think it was weird. I thought it made actually a lot of sense that those worlds would sort of overlap kind of performative you can kind okay. of imagine and, and there is there is a crossover you know you can imagine the same some of the same kind of guys especially the guy you know being involved in it just made sense to me logically maybe that's weird maybe maybe that shouldn't have made sense to me but it no is. no Tess no <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> wait so so explain what were, what were you finding you were finding that there were former porn performers who were now fighters or or reverse that's it so that that so there is a world so there are there are some people and and this this reporter i spoke to was very helpful it gave me some names so Mm. i started looking into that 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 kind of crossover couldn't find anything okay i noticed on the myspace that he that this guy pastor hansel was very involved in 
in this MMA world. He followed a lot of people. They followed a lot of him. Um, he's Filipino. I also know that there's a big Filipino MMA community um, in that part of California. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, maybe. So where's where does the porn factor come in? Like, where is there also like a? But anyway, I couldn't figure out. Um, and so then I, my my assumption is that either he is over exaggerating his involvement for clout. Mm-hmm. Or it was like a super budget, super budget operation, and nobody really knew about it. Hmm. It certainly makes a good backstory. Yeah, you know, it's I like was... yeah, like a substack of porn. You know, it's like yeah. I was I was a I was a porn producer, and then I found God, and so I'm a sinner, and you know I can now lead you all. Yeah, no, it's, I mean it's a great backstory. Maybe true. Yeah. But you weren't but you weren't able to identify it, I see. Or well, and also, yeah, I mean, yeah. understandably, it's it's really hard to get in touch. I would try to get in touch with a, like a lot of people who were in the business around that time, and it's mm-hmm. really hard to find their contact information. <laughs> it's like understand completely it makes so much sense. It makes mm. all the sense of the world, but I was like, this is crazy how hard this is. Um Man. So I never thought it was probably it was the first time that the extremism has taken me into the the world of porn but yeah my search history was like i was like on oh, my work computer yeah your your computer's cooked man that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no wonder i got laid off yeah your computer needs jesus now incognito tab um anyway yeah all right so let's let's come back to it come back to this article so um so as Osami t- tells it, his first stint was the pastor I'm reading again from your article. His first stint was as a religious leader, or his first stint as a religious reader leader was as a youth pastor in Gospel Life community in Walnut, woof, in Walnut, Los Angeles County, just eight miles from Pomona. Shout out Pomona. Um, and then he got his formal training at Potter's House of Ministry, an international Pentecostal relation, or excuse me, religious organization that has faced multiple accusations of being a cult. Um, he while he was a he says that on the ecclesia website that while serving as a pastor for a christian club at a grad school he encountered satanic imagery scrawled on whiteboards and was ultimately kicked <laughs> off campus for proselytizing kick i, I was you, desperate to, i was desperate to know more about it. i was desperate this and the porn i was desperate to know more about it but i couldn't get it to talk to me but who hold on kicked off of where did he go to school well it it wasn't his school he was he was invited to pass like a christian club at this grad school invited him to be a pastor i don't know what this christian club was or what Mm -hmm. you know but then he he encountered satanic imagery on whiteboards presumably where um where they were meeting and was kicked off i agree that there there are there are holes in this narrative like i would have loved to to, to figure out kind of what's going on there but there, there are there are some pretty serious holes there um yeah. i will if i may um the biggest one that i find is that now if, the, if this was a private school maybe the math changes a little bit but saying that you were kicked off of campus for proselytizing so okay 
I went, I'm I'm going to assume that he was at a school in Southern California. Um and because of where he was at, at the time, right? He was mm-hmm. in, in Southern California. So unless this man was tra- traveling out of state and ruled are different, I don't know. But I went to UC Riverside. Um which and I'm a little younger than him, not that much younger than him, but I'm a little younger than him. But of of a of an appropriate age where maybe he would have been old enough to come to a school like where I was at. Who knows? Maybe he came to my school at some point. Maybe he's talking about my school. I don't know. I can tell you what would happen. At UC Riverside, we would have regularly dudes, and it was always dudes, come through with these big signs and talking about how we're all going to hell and abortion is wrong and, and any number of things. And sometimes they would have a little microphone. Sometimes they would just talk. Um, but they were allowed to walk on campus. Nobody could stop them. And sometimes they would get in discussions with people. Sometimes people would hear them out. Sometimes people would like yell at them, argue argue with them. Um, you know, there'd be a big crowd around them. And, you know, for what it's worth, you know, I suppose respect where it's due. They would deal with it when people would not be happy that they were there. But we couldn't. No, no campus authority ever said you can't be here because, again, we're talking about public universities here. So if it's a private university, it may be different. Um, they couldn't kick you off. You're allowed to be there. Public space. So and unless so they're being really, really, being, really, unless really unless did very disruptive. Yeah, you you had to be very, very disruptive. Yeah, you're not proselytizing. If you if you're truly getting kicked off a of campus, it's not because you're telling people you're not spreading the good word. You're like the the security police think you're harassing people. This is really interesting context. I, I mean, only, I had no idea about that. Get, that's, that is the really only way to get kicked really off of a campus. Yeah, that that is the only way to get kicked off a public campus. Again, I'm not a lawyer, so you know, don't don't follow what I say. But I have seen some things on the public campus. I have seen, yo, Peter pulled up with horrific pictures on big old poster boards and a lot of people didn't like it some people did but a lot of people didn't like it <laughs> I, was like, I was like who the fuck is peter Sorry. oh no <laughs> not peter p-e-t-a yeah people against the, the people <laughs> no 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 i know no, i just the ethical yeah. treatment of animals yeah 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 yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> sorry 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 peter peter p-e-t-a peter 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um showed up and but but again th- these are a campus is traditionally, and I believe as it should be, a place for exchange of ideas, a place for protest. All these things can happen. And so you have to be doing something really, really out of pocket for to be kicked off of campus. This isn't just something that, man, hey, like the cops don't show up and say, hey, buddy, I'm officer and so and so and I don't like God get off a of campus mm. before I arrest you. It ain't going to happen. You did something. Okay. If it happened. Okay. My okay. Analysis. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's no, no, no. That's, that is key. That's key content. Cause then it's like, you know, the, 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 the big gap I have is like, you know, how do you then get into these, how do you get into the far right? Like where, like what's your through line? And that, that I don't have that. I don't have that. Um, I do think it's funny that he was, following around Patriot prayer, because let's like praying Patriots is his new, is his new thing. It's like, <laughs> let's, t- let's talk about a little bit. Patriot <laughs> prayer. I feel like in a weird way, Patriot prayer was kind of on the front end of this. 
A hundred percent. Look, you're absolutely right. They, they were doing it. They, they, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, so, so to back to back up here, Pat- Patriot Prayer was a group um, headed by this guy named Joey Gibson, who I met yes. a number of times. I actually spent better a part of a few days with him, and my impression of him, because I, I, I reported on him twice. Um, my impression of him was there wasn't a whole lot there, there, there mm-hmm. didn't seem to be a whole lot of thought really. And, and my, and then I, I, I made two pieces, uh, no, actually one piece never aired because hurricane Harvey, I want to say happened and that superseded everything that we'd made and you know, it, it was fine. I wrote an article, but a piece didn't come out. And again, yeah, article, I think that was my first time getting tear gassed. That was my first time getting tear gassed. <laughs> hey. Um, so this is 2016. Hey. Yeah, good times. Um, the second one was um, I saw kind of their move, which their move, and this was in Portland. Um, their move really clearly was there would be leftist protesters who widely outnumbered the far right people who would show up they would go over to the leftists find somebody who would hit them like they would legitimately just go walk over to the other side of the street and the cops were doing their absolute damnedest to keep everybody separated usually pretty successfully um keep everybody separated leftists over here and a smaller group of people who often weren't from the town um who like caravan down to kind of harass mm-hmm. they somehow get across the street and just start provoking people until somebody eventually and I, we got it on camera somebody eventually like smacked his hat off of his head like hit the bill of his head and, and his, like the hat fell off and he kind of went like this and said oh man these violent leftists or whatever and then everybody got all riled up cops see a bunch of activity and start throwing tear gas over at you know, running over to try to, you know, see what's happening over on the side where the leftists are. And yo, Joey Gibson, we have it on camera. He's like, yeah, we did it. It's like, bro. Okay. That's the formula. I understand now what you do. You're here. You provoke you. Not everybody's going to trip. A lot of people are going to look at you and say, buddy, leave. But somebody, there's going to be some dude, bro, who, you know, is real excited about his, you know, he had his first day at the MMA gym and he's going to, he's going to smack you. You know what I mean? It's going to happen. And then, again, you have cover. You've shown that the leftists are violent. Congratulations. But Joy was interesting in that um, he would lead prayers, patriot prayer. And and not everybody was doing this. And a lot of people there, you could tell they weren't really about all this God stuff. They were really just in there. They kind of wanted to mix it up. Joey wanted to talk about God. He, he, he was like really one of the first ones to do this. You're totally right. You're totally right. Um, and this alliance between the Proud Boys and the Patriot Prayer, especially like in the Pacific Northwest, like that was like a real, real thing that was happening. Um, but still, I think you're right that there was a, that there wasn't so much, there was like a separation. Like the Proud Boys like didn't so much seem to care what he was saying. It was like more like they preferred the strength in numbers, but they weren't kind of latching onto this this rhetoric but that i think that's changed now changed over time yeah 
I mean, how interesting, how interesting, how, how things have, have moved on. <laughs> uh, where are we? Oh, okay. Also, they traveled, okay, or some may travel to San Diego for a so-called Patriot picnic. You mentioned here that he, he denies being a proud boy himself. What What is the connection? So he says he's not a proud boy. But you have a qualifier to that. Yeah, I mean that like the his links to the Proud Boys like cannot be like, like overstated, understated. He, the, the links are very clear. Basically, mm-hmm. like he has been hanging out with Proud Boys for a long time. He is in a secret planning chat with Proud Boys. He's telling Proud Boys, "Hey guys, don't use your favorite slogans. We've got to, you know, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to, you know, kind of a." important guest coming let's kind of let, 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 let's be good mm-hmm. um he is regularly sharing fun let's like sharing fundraisers for jailed proud boys he's like you know how are our boys doing oh yeah enrique is looking you know we're, we're worried about him you know he is he's all in mm-hmm. i mean he's he's <sighs> propaganda on his socials yeah yeah so and i believe this is so th- here's a conversation where somebody is saying that they have to be strategic. And, and he's saying, the pastor is saying, we should treat this as a military operation. I'm not calling for violence. I'm just saying this is spiritual warfare. Interesting use of phrase. Where is this happening? This is this is happening at outside Los Angeles School District headquarters? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, man's really in my front yard. Yeah, so kind of a back and forth, not publicly endorsing violence, but certainly in the same same conversation with it. Right. Yeah. So. And then I think that, I mean, the end of it. Really, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the end of it really is about like how he is another like kind of key role that people like this pastor play and there's many others like him around the country like in these sort of like local um ecosystems involving where you have like fringe proud boys fringe actors extremists and then you have like fringe people in politics who are making inroads into the mainstream and like building connections with people like mike lindell or mike flynn which you know they're fringe but they've also got massive platforms they know a lot of people mike, mike lindell of course being the the my pillow ceo uh, yeah, of course. Who, who's like, say. you know, who's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so I think that the, the, the role that Ormaz is playing because he doesn't get, he doesn't, he keeps his hands clean more, mostly. Like he doesn't get into fights. He says he's not a proud boy, but he mm-hmm. acts as a bridge basically between where he can connect the proud boys to the fringes of the, of, of the politics. And so that, then you have this kind of, yeah, you have this ecosystem where everyone's kind of connected, but because he has a he has a foot in both worlds, mm-hmm. that's important, and it's more important going forwards because he's getting involved now in all these election efforts, right? So it's like the looking forward, like he's he, his whole thing now is like you know election um, election fraud and you know keep our elections safe, right. and he's looking into kind of signing up to go poll watching and all that stuff. Like who are his friends? They're proud boys, and so. This is a like, this is the problem with people like him is that like they're acting as a bridge and kind of drawing, kind of drawing extremists into the mainstream. 
right. or drawing the fringes, into the the mainstream into the fringes, whichever one you want to think about. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I think a, a bridge is a good way to put it. And here, here's this is what you mentioned at the end is that um, local left. This is the very end of your article here. Um, local left wing activists may think of him still as a proud boy as the proud boys pastor but he's trying to go mainstream or it appears we should say that he, we can't mm-hmm. describe intent here um it, it it appears that he's trying to go mainstream but also it seems like there's there's some success there right um is right. He's, listen your your average proud boy dude isn't necessarily going to get to hang out with the my pillow ceo like not the dude didn't necessarily want to hang out with you um, if you're able to get access to this sort of thing, you're able to align yourself um, with these sorts of people that does signal at the very least or suggest at the very least that you have access to more and more mainstream audiences. And if you do that, you're also able to bring some of your buddies along with you. Exactly. Um because you weren't able to speak to him directly, unfortunately, which is always the best. Ask, hey, man, look, I'm reading all this stuff about you. I want to know what your take is on a person. Let me please speak to me personally. So any misconceptions I have, I can put them to rest. This is the purpose of interviewing somebody. Uh, weren't able to do that, but it sounds like you did your damnedest because, man, you, you went through the trenches to try to talk to this cat and it didn't happen. And I had prepared myself. I had prepared myself and be likable. I was like, I... I I was like, I think I'm going to, and and people I've spoken to, like, you know, protesters, leftist protesters, so that he's always been very polite Mm -hmm. to them, to their face. I prepared to kind of steel myself against him being likable and to kind of like see past that a little bit. Um, So, you know, he could have, he could have had a nice write up, but. (laughs) Opportunity missed. Look, you could have been immortalized, (laughs) immortalized in the final. (laughs) thing written on vice.com ever missed opportunity my man you out here hanging out. look you out here you trying to get a my pillow discount discount code <laughs> go to mypillow.com and write in dexter for a 40 percent discount no that that's not a thing don't mm-hmm. do that you're not gonna get <laughs> yo can you imagine if that's what if that's what i become i'm doing like my pillow sponsorships is that what we're gonna do <laughs> tess please save us I mean, it's lucrative, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, next stop is Raid Shadow Legends and Athletic Greens and My Pillow is what's going to pay the bills for me. Oh, my God. This is depressing. Shout out to journalism in in the United States right now. Anyway, um, Tess, thank you so much for coming thank you so much for having me on this. of course of course um legitimate and w- what y'all don't realize is we pl- we planned this like two weeks ago because you told me you were working on this piece and i said all right yeah two weeks we're, we're gonna have you on um we did not know this would be the circumstances under which this conversation <laughs> would happen but um i'm so happy we are able to make this happen um yeah Tess, me as well it's great to be on your yeah great happy your show is great really happy that you're keeping it going um yeah happy, thrilled. listen if if people like you keep coming through as a guest uh i will keep doing it and people keep watching it but yeah, yeah. Tess, for real 
anytime, anytime you got something you want to come on and talk about. Thank you so much for really getting into it with me. But anytime you ever want to do that again, door is very much open. Okay, awesome. Hell yeah. All right, everyone, please right. you see Tess's uh, info over there in, in her little lower third. Please go follow her, watch what she's doing. And uh, hopefully we will see her back here really soon. All right. Bye, Dexter. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. What up, y'all?